Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. Hello. It's a, it's a beautiful Friday. We, uh, For those of you in Facebook land and LinkedIn land, um, we put together the announcement for this and it was like, no, you can't do it less than five minutes in advance. So it might show that we're not going live until five after, but we're here. We're here. We're here. And uh, I need more coffee. (laughs) So uh, welcome. If uh, just, if you want to go ahead and throw in the comments um, who you are, where you're, where you're saying hello from. Um, Don't forget too, that in part of the, the, um, the post, it's you can add your name by just clicking that it's okay for StreamYard to show your name if you want to, right. um, or you can just type it into the comments. We we really we really appreciate that too. Um, so yeah, uh, lots of stuff. We've just so just been stuff. two days, and it's just lots and lots of stuff. Good stuff that um, has been happening in the Jim and Michelle world. Yeah, and um, so you know it was. This morning, our, our head was still kind of going, going, woo, this is, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And, and then uh-huh. on top of it, all the topics, you know, we jokingly have said a couple of times, we're not going to run out of stuff to talk about on the morning show. Like, we, t- you know, early on, we said three, three um, episodes a week. That seems like a lot. And, uh, but now you realize there's just so much, like every time we, we talk about, um, writing down a topic for a future episode we end up writing down about four or five (laughs) so we just you know there's just so much it really really is and we've actually had a few of our colleagues say how are you going to do that Mm -hmm. well i i think that uh i think that it's going to be uh not too hard because there's like so much goodness that's coming from social media from the news from well goodness like good good topics to unpack yeah. And um, so just real quick before we go into the topic that we'd like to unpack today, um, just an announcement. I know you guys are probably sick and tired of hearing. Well, no, you shouldn't be. No. T-I-A-D-A is coming up. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's soon. And so if you have been on the fence about whether or not you're going to attend, if we can be that gentle nudge to knock you over into the camp of, yes, I will mm-hmm. be there the nudge, nudge, nudge. It's right. really going to be an amazing conference. Um, you know, last or uh, Wednesday, we we had the folks from TIADA join us and just some really great conversation about um, who they are and how they're trying to help dealers succeed and also about the conference as well. Um, so if you haven't bought your tickets, tickets are still available. The expo hall is sold out. Uh, and the block of rooms that they have at the Kalahari sold out. I don't know if the hotel itself is sold out or not, but yeah. And yeah. what Jeff Martin said on our Wednesday broadcast is, uh, if the, if you're a dealer and you you don't get a room, like if you call and there's no rooms, to call TIADA, call the offices. Yeah. They they may have a solution. Sometimes to, people to, cancel at the last minute and right. they have another room that shows up in the room yeah. block. Or yeah, whatever. so just call TIA so, direct, yeah. directly if you're having trouble getting a room. Yeah, so um, I think that's all for the announcements, right? That's, I think so. I <laughs> we can do some more later. So, so you know, we, we spend, oh, 
this is fun for us. This is kind of, um, it's not necessarily play, but this is something we really, really enjoy doing. And um, uh, we were last night kind of going over, we usually will review what, what we're going to be talking about the night before. And, mm-hmm. and so we were, we were talking about what we wanted to do. And we started, we set, we set in on a topic and then after, after we had set in on a topic, ran across um, a couple of things on Facebook that just spoke to the, the flavor of the topic that we wanted to talk about today. Um, one of which we'll unpack another day, but it was like, it was a really close cousin, mm-hmm. like first cousin mm-hmm. to what it is that we, we wanted yeah. to talk about. And one of them was just like, it, it was an announcement about, um, some stuff that's happening in um, federal federal regulation land. Yeah, so we saw the news came out about the, um, and, and we're not attorneys, so we're not trying to speak to this from any kind of legal perspective, but we saw the news come out about um, the CFPB had a ruling about junk fees. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of started us down this path of, you know, um, Junk, junk fees. Let's talk yeah, about what so, a junk fee you know, is. The, the best example of a junk fee is going to be um, like a convenience fee where we charge the customer. And we, most of us as consumers see it out there. We call our oh, local yeah. utility company and they, you know, in their, in their kind of phone tree, it says, we'll take your payment by phone for an additional three ninety nine fee or whatever. There are these uh-huh. convenience fees, you know, that people charge here and there. And they kind of came into the buy here, payer space. So I don't know. I seem to remember them, you know, somewhere around seven or eight years ago, started to, you know, pop up and then they became pretty widespread. And so, you know, for me um, out here talking a lot, Michelle and I spend a lot of time talking about the white hat way. And for those of you who have read it, you know, that's about ethics and ethical treatment of customers. And, and now some of those things that we talk about are even amplified uh, to the extent that you're talking about heading into an inflationary period with mm-hmm. customers already struggling, fuel prices sky high, you know, groceries and all the things in their world are getting more expensive. And, and it just frustrates me. I mean, this whole thing around our industry, and this is, this is something I can talk about because I'm, I'm a non-dealer. Attorneys can talk about it. You've been a dealer. But so I've you been a dealer. Of, yeah, I get yeah. it. I live in it. I mean, we're in dealerships all the time. I, I know, you know, we, we, we know what it's like out there. I think the thing that, you know, if I'm an attorney in this space, you see attorneys have to kind of, um, to get dealers' attention, they kind of use a lot of scare tactics. Like they'll scare dealers into, you know, um, the CFPs, CFPB's big bad Ooh. boogeyman. And, yeah, they're coming after you and we yeah. better, you know, we better. And, and I get it. That's how attorneys, you know, kind of have to, unfortunately, to get butts in the seats and get people to show up for their webinars and pay attention to what they need to pay attention to. But I'm not really coming at this topic from a legal perspective. I'm really coming at it more from a, an ethical perspective. I mean, that's what we talk about in the white hat way. It's really just a question of, you know, do we care about the success of this customer or not? Yeah. So like the, the topic that we came up with before we got onto social media was why do we make it difficult for our customers to pay? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a whole big thing there. Like for me, I look at that and I think, so, so, you know, when we presented in San Antonio last summer at NIEDA, we asked the room, like it's the first time I remember in a, in a group setting like that, asking the room, I said, you don't have to raise your hand and 
and tell me which group you're in, but it's been my experience in my travels and working with buy here, pay your dealers that as a dealer, and I'll just ask you if you're a listener this morning and you're a dealer, do you care about the success of your customer or not? So again, that sounds I, like know, it's like, of course I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would hope that every single dealer out there in buy here, pay here morning show land is like, of course I care about well, the customer. Well, you would hope, but their actions suggest otherwise. It's, okay. So it's what do, uh, what, what do I remember as parenting, reading the parenting books that our children, mm-hmm. this is the parenting book. Um, we'll follow our actions more than we'll, they'll follow our words. And it's, it's, so it's like what, and, and that, that part of that was, is are you congruent right. in what you say and what you do? Sure. So, you know, there's, there's some ethics involved here. There's some, the question, and like I say, if you're listening this morning and you're a dealer, you know, do you care about the success of your customer or not? So let's just find success. When I asked this question on Facebook a while back or, or similar question, my definition of success is customer makes it all the way to the end, makes a final payment. We hope they trade for another car, but but the point is that's, that's the, the definition of yeah. success. And make it all the way to the end, make the final payment. Or trade in. Right. One of the two. Yeah. So that would mean the customer, right. you know, and it's hard enough. The customer starts in upside down. We know the nature of pricing in this business. And now you've got a customer who was devoted enough to overcome all that negative equity. They paid off the car. They now have equity. And you know, that I would hope would be our objective in buy here, mm-hmm. pay here. And then I hope we're also treating customers well enough that that same customer would probably trade for another car before they reached the end. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that would be the definition of success in my mind. So really, if we think about this customer that we're financing and the struggles that they typically have anyway, <clears throat> our friend Tommy Brandis, you know, the creator of the BHPA success group is a current dealer in Pennsylvania, who won't mind me sharing that he, he talked about in our podcast episode um, that we recorded some time ago, that he views our customers as survivors. And I, I, he's the first one I heard use that word about our customers. We heard, and by the way, we recorded one heck of a podcast. Oh, that's right. I forgot that announcement. We'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So we recorded one yesterday that you're you're going to want to find. Those of you who know that we have two podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So that one will go out this weekend. So you're going to want to find that one because we talked about, we talked about the resilience of um, this customer that we finance in, in buy here, pay here. And I see it that way. And then Tommy also calls them survivors. So I think if we think about who our customer is, you know, that we finance in in this space, it's a customer who is on the lower end of the credit spectrum. We know that part. We know they're on the lower end of the income spectrum. Uh We can deduce from that alone that they've got a pretty stressful existence. You know, it was interesting with that podcast yesterday that we, and I think it was um, Brent Carmichael. That made the comment along the lines. And and when, when he said this, I was off to the side when he said this, my ears perked up mm-hmm. like, you know, the dog ears. That go, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said something along the lines that people in this segment are some of the best money managers ever. Yeah. And, and I was like, what? 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 And then he said, they know how to make a buck stretch as far as it possibly can yeah. for their survival. Yeah. They, they know how all of the ins and outs. And if I do this and if I do that, I can, I can stretch this buck, mm-hmm. um, for our, you know, our families or whatever survival sure. of being able to make this work. And, and I, that just, 
It's yeah. like, oh, that's an interesting way. Another way of like, these are survivors. These yeah. are. So I chose as a t- kind of topic or the, you know, the, the uh, title for today's episode, you know, how can we help the customers to succeed? Like often I look at some of these things. And so let's just look at junk fees for a minute. If we talk about convenience fees, just, let's just pick that. You're going to charge your customer $4, $6. What are we going to charge them for a convenience fee? And again, I'm not, I'm not C- CFPB. I'm not knocking on your door asking you to change anything. I'm simply saying, if you're trying to be successful as a buy here, pay here dealer, which means in my mind, it means you want your customers to be successful. That's how you're going to be more successful. Then why do we put roadblocks? Amen. Why don't we create more avenues for the customer to pay, make it easier for them to pay, not harder. It makes no sense to me. Like I just, I, I see this customer struggling. And so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, but convenience fees, so let me just be the voice of a couple of dealers. Somebody's out there saying, but convenience fees are legal. We talked about our 20 group. Everybody said we checked. It says it's legal. So, I'm not talking about what's legal. Yeah, I'm talking about what, does this help your customer? How does it help your customer? And and so it does that's, that. And, and it's it's like we can say as, as people in buy here, pay here, that we're about the success of the customer. And then the CFB, see, I never CFPB. CFPB looks at you're charging convenience fees. That's, that's, that's like not walking your talk. So it begs the question though, it begs the question. So, you know, so apparently seven or eight years ago or whenever this got started, it was legal. Some attorneys said it was legal to do this and other people were doing it in other industries. And so we started doing it, but okay. So it's legal. So why, why the CFPB find it necessary to go after something as, you know, minute as convenience fees. Well, let's just think about what is the job that the CFPB is charged with? <laughs> what is the name of the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? That's their job. That's what they're, they're, that's the duty they're, they're charged with. They're out there to protect the customer. So why did they have to come into our space and start asking dealers or start, you know, being prepared to penalize dealers who are um, charging these fees. And so again, legal, I'm not here to argue anything about what's legal. I'm simply saying it's a roadblock. It's like that, that convenience fee is, is currently a gallon of gas. It's like, you know, it's like, why are we, why are we making it difficult? So I shared with you, uh, you've heard my frustration over recent months or really it's been a year now we've had, we have, um, I'll just tell you, it's a storage unit. Like Michelle and I, when we left Utah, we had a bunch of stuff that we, you know, weren't ready to part with and whatever. So we have a storage unit. And uh, so we put our stuff in there and we set up the thing for payments. It's like a mom and pop kind of storage unit. It's not like the U-Haul one where that has a national presence. Mm -hmm. It's a mom and pop one. It's close to family. So when we're in town, we have easy access to the stuff we left behind when we left Utah. But the part of that that is... um, frustrating like it it just wears me out this this yeah. situation about trying to pay this little you know payment well, and every it's, month. It, i want to just put add one more thing it's not huge it's probably got a hundred and 150 units so yeah, it's a small you know it's a manage. small one but it's still i mean they're they're bringing in when you you know you do the math yeah. it, we're in buy here pay here you do the math that's it, it's a yeah. lot of money for low yeah low uh 
management fees. Or yeah. Management so there's costs. a there's actually a separate topic on that same thing we can <laughs> talk about another day. But I think for me on this one, what I'm really suggesting is this is an example of of somebody like Michelle and myself who have an obligation, something that we pay. It's a secondary kind of thing. It's not some. It's really gets out of sight, out of mind. It's not your you know, it's not the forefront of your your bill paying things each month. But you know, we set it up on auto pay. We expect to auto pay it. You know, when like recently I had a card that had to change, you know, had a card, had a fraud situation, had to change my business debit card, whatever. So, you know, when you do that, you have to remember where did I put this debit card? Who's got this debit card? Where do I need to replace mm -hmm. it? Whatever. Well, this is one that got missed. And and I remember I think, oh, I need to deal with that. I need to go in and make that payment, give them the new debit card. Well, I, I find their invoice. There's no way to pay online. Like they don't offer me a way to they pay. They offered online. him a PDF of yeah. the invoice. Yeah. There's no so, and, and we're in Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and, like, and, oh, we're just going to run down there and, and pay the payment. And of course, when and, I think about it, it's often, you know, early in the morning or whatever, and it's too early to call them. And that's the only way you can really, you can send an email, but they don't respond. Until days later. Yeah, but weeks later. Oh, and so, yeah. So it's like you, so you're trying to take care of something. So I'm just, let's bring this back to buy here, pay here. It's like, here's a, here's a customer who's struggling. Here's a customer who we know has poor credit. They don't manage money well in the way that they can manage to maintain their credit score. You know, they, they, so they have that problem. Now they have all these added pressures on their paycheck and we're just piling on. We're somehow putting roadblocks and making it more difficult for them to pay. So I can talk about if I'm, if I'm a buy here, payer dealer, I want to make it super convenient for a customer to pay. I'm going to, find all different kind of ways to pay. I jokingly told you yesterday, I said, if they want to pay me in Mexican pesos, I'm probably going to accept that. Like I just, I'm going to try to make it easy. If the customer is trying to get their payment to me and trying to fulfill the obligation. I'm going to make it easy for that to happen. And so this is where it just kind of frustrates me to watch dealers, you know, trying to add on these junk fees it's like every $7 or $4 or whatever it is, that's money that could go toward the next payment or whatever A gallon else. of milk for, for some of these people who are survivors. I mean, it's like yeah. that extra little bit, um, it's, it can be the difference between overdraft fees and no overdraft sure. fees. I mean, it's, it's like the, the, every dollar is, yeah. is yeah. they usually run out of money before they run out of month. And yeah. so why are we making it harder on them? Yeah. I think that's the big thing that we're just trying to bring forward is, you know, especially and there's no end in sight here on the we could be dealing with inflation for a long stretch and that just means this customer who's at the lower end of the credit spectrum mm -hmm. and income spectrum they're going to be the ones who struggle the most yeah and we're so this kind of falls into the thing about um you know and i've, I've written articles on this it's really more on the collection side but when you look at the the this the success of the customer, there are things that we certainly want to keep squarely on the responsibility of the customer, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this category that kind of becomes a shame on us thing where we just kind of, we're making it hard for the customer to pay. And it's like, doesn't that kind of fall in the shame on us category? What are we doing? Why are we, why are we putting roadblocks in the way of a customer who's trying to get their money to us? Yeah. And I, and I was just kind of thinking you touched on it just briefly about you know, why let's put ourselves into the, the, uh, the shoes of the dealer. Why would you have a convenience fee? 
I'm sorry, I can't help you on that one. <laughs> Neither can I. I mean, I'm like, no. why? I mean, because it's the it's, offset administrative cost. I mean, uh, what but you know, the you, rationale. You, you deal with the customer every day. We deal with a customer that we have to reach out to. We deal with this customer all the time, I mean, all the time, and 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 we know that that's that's just part of yeah. the the description of our. Um, what, we we saw someone call it something other than collectors the other day, and I loved it. Um, uh, accounts receivable, accounts receivable specialist or something, you know, that that's what they do every day. And, uh, you know, if, if you're using convenience fees to help pay their salaries, then really? Yeah. Well, actually <laughs> it's just offset costs, but it's yeah. like, you know, we, at the end of the day, it's, it's like every dollar that, because that customer could pay that $5 convenience fee and put it toward their note and, and, you know, have a chance to be paid off, you know, more quickly. So, so you begin to see why it really does boil down to me. Like, do we, do we want to help the customer get to the end or not? Do we want to make it convenient for them to pay? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just feels like, you know, all the dialogue that we see out there on social media and dealers asking questions about, and that's why I say, we're not going to run out of stuff to talk about. There's just so many uh, kind of topics and tangents off the of topics that are kind of still in this track of, do we want the customer to be successful or not? And, you know, one of the things that we're out there trying to do is spotlight dealers who treat customers well, this kind of the white hat way thing. And we're, so we're always talking about that part. And really just think about, even if you don't subscribe to everything we're asking you or teaching in the white hat way uh, track is like, still, you have to ask yourself, don't you, can you make the connection like from a pure business connection, forget the ethics for a minute. Can you make the business connection that when I can help my customer be successful, is going to translate into my success. The, the goal here is never repossession. It shouldn't be. Uh, no. So we can do some math and there were dealers. We've heard stories about dealers who, you know, they look forward to a repossession because they can sell it and turn around and make more money and pocket the customer's down payment. We I haven't heard those stories much lately, but it's like, it's, it's really comes into this thing about do, do we really expect the customer to make a deal? And can we make the connection business wise that have, helping that customer to be successful, make it to the end, have a good feeling about us, refer friends and family, buy another car from us. You know, can we not see the business connection in that? And so these are intangibles. Like, yeah. you know, it's hard to think to really, you don't see a line item on your, no. on your balance sheet or your PL about customer satisfaction. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we, we take um, a lot of our clients through and um, it's part of this whole uh, ethics thing that we're really stepping forward into is, um, you know, there's, there's the, the, the first question is, do you want your customer successful or not? Right. If the answer is yes, then every business decision that you make should go through the filter of, is this going to help them be successful or is this going to create a roadblock? Yeah. Is this going to create friction for them to be successful? So do you want your customer to be successful or not? Yeah. And we had um, Jeff Martin from TIADA, the executive director from Texas, uh, was on the broadcast on Wednesday morning and we and I would talked about, you know, that I wrote an article for the Texas publication in May and the article was kind of just a, it was a fun way. I was kind of, you know, feeling a little more creative when I wrote the article and I, I wrote kind of what I called an imaginary tale where I imagined that I was, you know, 
somehow able to get a few minutes with the CFPB. Like I bumped into their top brass mm-hmm. and just shared a lunch with them and had a chance to talk to them. And so if I'm, if I had that moment and I had that opportunity to be the voice of dealers, I would be trying to say, look, there are a lot of dealers out there trying to provide a solution for this customer where there is no good solution. Yes, they have to charge a higher interest rate, the nature of the risk that, you know, the, mm-hmm. for the solution that they're providing. And then, you know, more recently, I, I would like to share the photos that we've seen out there on social media that shows the price that dealers sometimes pay mm-hmm. for providing the solution, whether it's wrecked cars or, you know, uh, destroyed, just destroyed collateral yeah. or whatever. So there's a price that they pay. And so what I would basically be saying, if I'm having that lunch, I'm prepared to be the voice of a dealer who is, they're trying, they're trying to help this customer. They're trying to be, um, you know, and they're, and I can even say they're, they're maybe bringing their heart into their business. They're trying to really be a solution, they're trying to be an asset to their community. It's just that if I'm sitting there now, now I switch into attorney mode. Let me try to be attorney and I'm going to try to defend certain dealers. Well, I can defend a dealer if I can show, look, look at all the things this dealer does in their community. Look at all the things that they, I can demonstrate that this they're dealer trying to help is their customer really be successful. Show yeah. they care yeah, about the success care. of the customer. Now I have this other dealer who is real quick on the trigger with repos. They charge one of the most expensive interest rates they can charge. They charge the highest interest or charge the highest convenience fee that they can charge. It's like, it's pretty hard for me to defend now as a, as an, just now I can kick into the legal side. And again, I'm not trying to be an attorney. I'm not an attorney, but I'm saying if I'm, if I'm expected to defend that those practices, then that becomes more challenging. It's like you, you, you're not showing me that you genuinely care about the success of this customer. <clears throat> so that's the part that is just. <clears throat> that, that's the part that's so, that's so frustrating for both of us yeah. is to just, it's, and it's, it's the reason why these organizations, the CFPB, thank you. <laughs> Um, are going after things within that, that fall within the realm of buy here, pay here is because they're, you know, if, if, if the buy here, pay here dealers um, choose to take advantage of the customer because they can, Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's, they're just trying to protect the customer. And so it's like the, the only people that really should be worried about this mm-hmm. are people that are trying to take advantage of the customer. Sure. Because if, if your end goal is to not take advantage of the customer, right. Because I, I you know, the federal regulations, they, they, when you can lay out the map of, we have to charge a higher interest rate. These are the reasons. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how would NIADA be able to go to the CFPB and say, Oh, here's why we do convenience fees. Cause it's good for the customer. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So what, how, prove it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, right. And, and so, you know, they, they can, they can present a pretty good case for, we have to charge higher interest rates because that helps protect our money that we're investing in being able to help this customer get into a car that they normally would not right. be able to get into. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's separate tangents. Like one of the things we get into on the collection side is, you know, how do we handle the customer? And, and you know, this again is we'll save that for a separate subject, but it's like, how do we then handle the customer on the collection side in terms of enforcement? 
Um, you know, we see a lot of inconsistency out there when it comes to collections enforcement. Of course, every dealer can adopt their own practices. We think they ought to be consistent in that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, it's it's just it's sole thread of, you know, and we know, I haven't heard it used as much lately, but, you know, if you're the CFPB, you're probably going after people that are predatory. We've heard that word in, um, you know, in the finance segment, um, not just take it out of the buy here, payer conversation for a minute and just think what, what would the CFPB or any other agency describe as predatory? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we can all probably write that stuff down. It's like, it's what are the practices? What are we doing? And, and does it look like we're interested in the success of the consumer or are we, we interested in our own pocketbook and consumer be damned? Like it's, it's, it's just a simple thing to me. And that's why I was able to ask the question last year in San Antonio, just, and and again, I didn't ask people to show their hands. I just said, you, you can answer internally. You don't need to show me. I'm just saying it's been my experience that you either care, genuinely care about the success of this customer or you don't. And you, and you need to answer that for yourself and then ask yourself, what, does a convenience fee go back and look at the convenience fees that you collected in the last six months or in 2021 and say, okay, that represented a certain percent of my total payroll, or it represented a certain percent of my total charge offs in the end. Did it really, did, did what you charge in convenience fees, did it really have a profound impact on the profitability of your business, you know, and had that, had those customers paid that same money on their account instead, you know, what, what would that look like? And uh, so it's just, it just to me is like, it's, is it legal? I suppose. Will mm-hmm. it still be legal when the CFPB is done? Not sure. Um, but ir- regardless of the outcome on that, it's like ethically, it just doesn't fit with having a customer make it to the end of their contract. I feel mm-hmm. like we just need to make, and so the part we haven't talked about, Michelle, is a- a making it convenient, like all the channels that a customer can pay, online portal, you know, the, the fundamentalist to me really still doesn't like a payment window where people can slide mm-hmm. the money in after hours or whatever. Like I, I still don't love that idea, but, um, but a kiosk, you know, mm-hmm. people are using kiosk, ACH, debit card, you know, bringing in cash, phone. Yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Like if I used to jokingly in my own dealership say, you know, we trade for livestock and you know mm-hmm. whatever it's like it's like you know <laughs> it's 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 point is we're making it easy for yeah. people to to use their methods yeah. i mean i don't i'd be interested to know any dealers out there uh, accepting bitcoin yet so you know it, look that, for yeah. yeah um i just wanted to do a, a shout out to a couple of people um tyler simmons actually listed the link to this oh the um, article oh the i see article. it there yeah and um and uh tommy uh you know, whenever you see something and he hasn't added his name and it's from Pennsylvania, it's Tommy. Um, great topic could go on this for days. And we, yeah. I know that we could with him yeah, uh, for, sure. for a long time. Cause that's yeah. this, this we're speaking his language. We know yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Um, and Tyler Simmons, we appreciate it. Um, and I always enjoy the, the chatting with you yeah. inside Facebook. And, and of course yeah. your name came up. If you weren't listening Wednesday morning, you might want to hear that episode with <laughs> Jeff Martin. Your name came yeah. up on Wednesday as well. So and all, yeah, we already said hi to Sergio. Valdez. Yeah. Yeah. Sergio, I didn't. So Sergio, we also appreciate all the, the, the 
great questions you bring to uh, Facebook and we enjoy, you know, participating in those mm -hmm. conversations as well. But yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning into the, the broadcast and, and um, we want feedback for those of you that are tuning in, please. Yeah. By all means. And, uh, and here's, here's a question. If you, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, <laughs> why not? What? Go do it, it right now. It doesn't cost anything. Go it now. takes like, exactly. Oh, and um, the, the other thing about the, uh, the YouTube channel is um that the really meaty stuff that we do for tote the note goes in there before it goes into the syndicated channel i'm telling you you do not oh want to miss the episode we it's, recorded okay yesterday. so so do you want to tell them who we had yeah, on please. as a guest yeah, and what ahead. the topic no you i will oh, yeah. so brent carmichael you know we've been doing this yeah. series and on brent is so well known and so respected in the industry yeah so, and yeah yeah so i i did kind of expanded introduction on brent carmichael so those of you who don't know his name um First of all, where have you been? Brent's been around the industry for 15 years and then with NCM. And um, he's certainly one of the most respected folks in the industry. And I, Brent knows every corner of this industry and knows people all across the, mm -hmm. the, the spectrum as well. So, you know, he added a lot to the conversation. But we also had Chris Tiller, who's a VP of financial. I forget his actual title, but he's, he's basically the top dog at um, Car Financial. So I talked about, you know, car financial is not somebody you see out there advertising a lot, but they don't need to. You know, um, yeah. They've got tons of business yeah. and got reps all over the country. And, and uh, car financial is one of those um, companies that provides a, a spectrum of, they got several products that they offer solutions, funding solutions mm -hmm. for dealers, even early stage dealers. And so there's somebody certainly yeah. to know in this space. But and how long have they been around? Um, well, he's been in that chair for 15 years. They've probably been there 20. They were originally kind of a subsidiary or they branched off of Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. And um, they've been very, very successful in deep subprime for a long time. And so we had this really rich conversation yesterday around, you know, how do we how do we do the math on some of this stuff with with um, like so you come on recap from your perspective, but we basically just kind of covered you know, this, this customer that we serve, how do we, how do we create success and what is What are the metrics of success? Right. Uh -huh. As well as, and it was layered or woven in through at this economic time. Right. How do we do this? Because, because we've been hearing a lot of, um, you know, we, we, we're not Facebook junkies, but we pay attention to what's mm -hmm. going on and that there's a lot of, um, uh, questions about and and comments about mm -hmm. in the in the um, COVID era mm -hmm. in this economic whatever in the whatever you know all of right. these things that that are playing a factor in you know uh, the the buyer payer businesses out there mm -hmm. and it was you know, having someone who really understands the financial side of this mm -hmm. and also someone who he just, he just picked up. He's just started his 11th 20 group. Oh yeah. Yeah. And true. so he, he works with a lot of very successful dealers that are out there and, you know, being able to bring in the richness of the conversations of some of the most successful dealers right. into, into this conversation. And, and I'll tell you, you so good. Th there was also something really important that happened in that broadcast is that there was a moment where Brent kind of went through and experienced kind of a, an exercise they recently did in 20 group. And those of you that might be on the fence about thinking about whether or not you want to join a 20 group, I think that little, and Brent <laughs> yeah. wasn't selling 20 groups at all. Uh -uh. It's just that as he described, you know, kind of this exercise they went through in a 20 group, I stopped and said, you know, you folks who are paying attention just heard some of the real value 
you know, being, of being involved, involved in, in that kind of, of peer group yeah. and 20 group mm-hmm. thing. So that also happened. But I would just say that we, I brought Chris Tiller to the conversation because I've known Chris for many years and we had a conversation a week or so ago, 10 days maybe, but the, about this, what does this economic outlook look like? Like I'm, I'm not really a prognosticator. Uh-huh. And so what does it look like for you as somebody who's uh-huh. a big lender in this space? What do you feel like is going to happen? And so we talked about yeah. how inflation is a factor this time around. And, uh-huh. and so, but you're talking and Brent, Chris, you're talking about people who've been in this space for 20 years. They've, they've ridden the, all the ups and downs, you know, across that span and including capital market swings mm-hmm. and e- economic swings. Um, so, it, it was really valuable. It was I really think. valuable. It was kind of fun too because Chris and um, Brent have known each other for a very long time. They're working in this space together, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, so we with the hard questions, uh, with the hard questions that we have in the series of the podcast, um, Brent is always. It's kind of like a co-host right. position, and um, Brent. It was it was really fun to listen to Brent. He's like, "All right, Chris, mm-hmm. I want." the real answer. Yeah, yeah. I want you to get down to the nitty gritty kind of mm-hmm. thing. And he, and he, um, he challenged him to just be like, I don't want the, uh, the politically correct or the whatever right. answer. I want the real answer. Yeah. And so Chris kind of laid out some stuff yeah. that was, it was beautiful. So that will be available on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, later today or sometime this weekend. And then it won't be on the syndicated channels until next week. So, right. um, those of you who, are interested it was so it was probably from a perspective of sitting and listening the meatiest yeah. one that we've done thus far yeah and, and, yeah so so really good. really good so um go to youtube mm-hmm. like and subscribe and then the minute we put that up there you're going to get a ding on your inbox and it'll say hey it's there and then you can go ahead and listen to it yeah. it ran long it was mm-hmm. probably about a 45 40 minutes yeah yeah um a podcast and there were so many things within that podcast it was like oh yeah i think that we should do another one that's yeah. about this yeah so yeah yeah by all means that's that's 40 minutes well spent oh, if you can uh, so find good. the time so to, this weekend that that should be going up if not tonight in the morning and we'll so you'll be able to find that over the weekend but so happy friday everybody we're Mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna close off and just hope you have a fantastic weekend thanks so much for joining us and if anything that we've talked about um resonates or you know it's like hey that that makes sense to me and we can help you with being able to uh to improve some of the things that we talk about normally on Mm -hmm. the buy here pay your morning show please don't hesitate to reach out you know we do like a a free 30 minute discovery call where it's just like, just let's just talk. And we can sometimes just quickly point you in the right direction mm-hmm. or, all right, yeah, we can help you with that. And here's what we want to be, you know, here's and, what we can and do. worst case we're doing what we always do, which is talk about here, pay here. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> and, and right. yeah, it's right. ab- absolutely. So, Hey guys, have a great Friday and thanks so much for tuning in and don't forget yep. TIADA. It's a week away. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right. See you later. Mm-hmm.